I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We hope to help you keep it running. Thanks to the help we get from Nick Stoffel from uh, Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Nick is an ASC certified technician there. You can find him there. I wonder if you're going to, are you going to be there today, Nick? I will be. You will be. You're working today. All right. Uh, Dan is still uh, on holiday, as we say. But if you do have a car care kind of question, Here's the guy you want to chat with, uh, 651-989-9226. Uh, Nick will be with us till mm, 745 or so when Jack Farrell steps in. So if you do have a problem with your vehicle, uh, let's uh, have Nick uh, get get you some information. So at least you'll be armed with some information before you bring it into your favorite dealer or your favorite shop. Uh, give us a call, 651-989-9226, or you can send Nick a text at 81807 81807 we were visiting Lloyd's again this past week because I thought I had smelled, and so did my son. I said, you smell some gab. We've been on a cold start. And I thought, and this is in the cabin now. I thought, well, this is not supposed to be. And, I, of course, I, I shouldn't say the mistake, but I went online because you get a lot of information, some yeah. of it not good. If it's online, <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but it, it, uh, it, it could be dangerous, but it could be. And could- I called you, and you said, yes, it could be dangerous. You better bring it in. My wife said, they're going to think you're crazy there at Lloyd's. But I was better safe than sorry, That's though. true. And you put the Marv on it, and uh, we couldn't find anything wrong uh, at all. And I've been driving it fine. So, but, but there could be, could be, in things that I was looking at on the Internet, it could be things like as simple as a gas cap. Why is, what can happen with a gas cap that maybe is not on tight or missing or whatever? Well, a lot of times, um, you know, there's the evaporative system. It's designed to collect all those fuel vapors so they don't go into the atmosphere. So it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I mean, if you go way back several decades before we had those systems, oftentimes cars would smell. So the whole idea is if, like, the gas cap wasn't reinstalled after filling up or if the O-ring that seals it has cracked or gone bad or if one of the other components in that system has failed where it's allowing it to vent – you might smell some fuel. Okay. Um, is it dangerous? You always want to think not, but then again, you always want to be safe. You don't want to risk something. You know, how far is too much? How when's it bad? I guess yeah. if you ever think you smell fuel, you should always uh, be safe and have somebody take a look at it. But do you, is it ever an injector issue at all? Could, uh, it, could it be? Well, if he. It depends if there's a drivability concern going along with it, meaning uh-huh. like when you start the vehicle, it hesitates or it cranks uh-huh. longer or something. If there's a symptom like that that goes along with it, then you think it's part of the fuel delivery system. But if it's just a smell without any kind of uh, extra issues, uh, you might think it's some sort of vapor vapor leak. Okay. Just wondering. All right. Well, thank you. I feel much better now. Good. 651-989-9226. Let's help out some other folks, Nick. Uh, like uh, Ken in Richfield is on the line. Ken, Nick is listening. Yes, thank you, uh, fellows. Um, I put a, um, it's an 06 Toyota uh, 4Runner with a 6-cylinder, like a 3.2 or something in it. Anyway, I put it in storage, uh, put a battery maintainer on it uh, right around Thanksgiving, 
and I'm ready to uh, pull it out. But um, I did try and start it up once around Christmas time, and when I did that, it, for about the first oh, 90 seconds to two minutes, it really seemed to be making a lot more uh, internal engine noise, you know what I mean? So should I do anything now when I'm about ready to put it back on the road, or is there anything? Everything's pretty much sealed underneath that engine, or underneath the hood, I should say. You know what what happens when a car sits for an extended period of time? All that oil makes its way back to the crankcase. You know, it's all in the bottom of the oil pan. So when you go to start the vehicle, you're initially relubricating all those items. So you might get a little bit of noise. Um, it hopefully doesn't take or last very long. Uh, make sure you give it a good drive after that. Make sure everything gets fully warmed up, heated up. The battery becomes charged. The brakes get cleaned off. Because uh, a lot of people do store vehicles, whether they're new or old out of the winter season because they don't want to put those hard winter months on their car. So my my opinion is, you know, once you get it fired up, um, make sure you give it a good walk around, make sure everything looks right, nothing's leaking, all the lights work, make sure it's good and safe, but then go for a really nice long drive just to kind of uh, get it, stretch its legs out, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, okay. All right, Ken, thank you. Good luck with that. 651-989-9226. I see a line is open if you'd like to fill it. Or if you'd rather send Nick a text, 81807. We'll pick up on those as well. Uh, Bill is calling us from uh, Henriette. Bill, uh, you're on CCO with Nick. Hi. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. Um, I've got a, got a 2014 uh, Ford uh, uh, Focus, and um, I thought I, I'm very meticulous in how I, uh, as far as my gas mileage and miles per gallon. I, I pay a lot of attention to that. Um, I drive very conservative, conservatively the speed limit. My question for you, uh, Nick, is that I bought gas at one major station in the Twin Cities versus a discount uh, chain. The uh, gas that I purchased at the discount stores, actually my gas mileage, I'm getting about three to four miles per gallon more at like a Sam's Club than I would at a, at the other station. Why would that be? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I, to be honest, I don't have all, the right answer or the the complete answer. Uh, but people do experience different types of fuel mileage, um, whether it's one particular brand versus another brand. But it's not consistent either. You know, I you know at work, one of the guys told me I should be going to this station because they seem to be getting better gas mileage. But I don't really notice it with my truck. So it might have something to do with your particular vehicle. Um, you know, it is just science. So you wouldn't think there would be a big yeah. difference. You know, you, once you have equal um, amounts of uh, octane, um, a lot of times the additive packages might be a little bit different. Uh, my only other thought might be is the amount of ethanol, which definitely will affect the fuel economy. So if the ethanol content is different between those two places, uh, the higher the alcohol content, the lower the gas mileage is going to be. So when you see E85, for example, you know some vehicles are equipped with that technology. Those vehicles will tend to get less gas mileage, but the fuel is cheaper. So it's kind of a an equation you need to figure out if it's worth the cost savings versus the amount of miles you get to the gallon. So my only suspicion would be the amount of ethanol is probably different between those two places. Yeah, that sounds logical. Good question, Bill. Thanks very much. Uh, Lyle, you're going to be next. Hang on, and we're going to get some text messages, too. By the way, the text number is 81807. Or call us, 
for your car care question at 651-989-9226. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, exactly where on Grand are you? Well, we're located at 982 Grand Avenue. That's two blocks east of Lexington Parkway. Um, if you ever need to give us a call, we'll be at 651-228-1316. And if you're in front of your computer, it's lloydsautomotive.net. And that's spelled L-L-O-Y-D-S automotive.net. And you yourself are going to be there today for a while. Hopefully. I did make it last week. I was there by 806. Eight, uh, hopefully, like hopefully I'm 8.04 today. How's that? And you're there till what, noon? Until noon. Yeah, very good. In the meantime, Nick is helping us out here in studio. There is a line open for your car care show. We welcome yours at 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Lyle in Norwood uh, has been waiting. Lyle, you're on with Nick. Yes, good morning, guys. Morning. Thanks for your program. I really enjoy it. Well, thank you. My comment is on the gas cap thing. Every time we went in the garage, we had a strong gas smell. And we were trying to figure out what it was. The only thing that was new was a lawnmower, riding lawnmower. And the snowblower had been in there, so that wasn't it. We couldn't find anything leaking on the lawnmower. As it turned out, it was the gas cap. They were cracking the seal. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, from time to time, people will say, my garage smells like like there's fuel in it, and everybody assumes the car. So then you say, well... Try parking the car outside. You know, you have to do a little process of elimination, sure. you know. Then they realize, oh, I just filled up the gas can because it might snow or I got to mow the lawn or whatever it might be. So that's very good detective work. So you just uh, picked up a new gas can? Yes, that's right. All right, so there you go. So if folks are smelling gas, just check that first. That's at least the easiest thing to do. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> All right. Lyle, thank you for uh, letting us know. Irene is calling from Waconia with a question. Go ahead, Irene. Good morning. I have a 2001 Lestaber Buick, and uh, all my windows work except the one on the front passenger side will not go down. Well, don't sit on that side, huh? Yeah, don't do that. Right? <laughs> uh, I guess I have to drive on that side. <laughs> so, you know, if it's a passenger front window, that window can be controlled from both the driver's and passenger controls. So if it works with one and not the other, that kind of makes you think maybe it's a switch. If it doesn't work from either switch, then you start to wonder, is there possibly a problem with the wiring or the motor itself? Obviously, we don't know if it goes up, if it doesn't go down. So I think what I would have you do is maybe next time you're in for service, you know, it's a passenger front window, so it's not an emergency. Maybe have your uh, have your mechanic take a look at the wiring in the door there, at that door jam, make sure something there is not brittle or broken. And if it's not something like that, they might need to remove that door panel to do a little more testing to see what the, what the fault might be. So next time you're in for service, mention that to your mechanic and have them take a look at it for what, you. Nick, what normally do you guys find when you have to take the door? Uh... If, it's, if it's a driver's door, that, you know, the left front door, it's common it can be wiring because we open that door sure. so much more than the others. But if it's another door, it's usually either a switch or a motor. Okay. Very good. Good luck with that, Irene. Take it in. Texter says, need to tighten up drum brakes. Which way do you pry on the star wheel through the little slot? I think, let me, He's, you're, so you're, if you're, I'm using my hand, yeah, I'm thinking, are. if you're putting a screwdriver in there and you're going down with it, I believe you're loosening it. But uh, what I would tell you to do is get a notepad and paper, spin the drum, 
pull that little cap off the back, try going down a couple, you know, try to count the clicks or count the rotation, see if it changes at all. Um, or the other thing you can do, if you can still get the drum off, you know, if it's if that type of possibility, get it off and then go back and forth with it and see which way it expands. But off the top of my head, I don't know. Okay. You'd have to see it. I'd have to practice. see it. It's how things work sometimes. They actually have to do it to <laughs> be able to remember. Right. I understand that. 651-989-9226. There's a line open if you want to call us. Text is 81807. Let's go to Apple Valley. Uh, Barb is there. Hi, Barb. What's going on there? Hi. I'm a widow that called in about a year ago, and, and Dan gave me such good advice about going in and checking out different uh, mechanics and not being afraid to go in and ask questions. But this is something that I asked that time. My speedometer was not working, and somebody texted in and said to try buy a GPS and plug it in and use that. And you know, it's worked wonderful for over a year. But now when I go past certain intersections and there's like a bump, the ABS light comes on and says traction is off. And I'm wondering, is there something, is that something I should be concerned about? Well, the the ABS and traction systems, which people call in often, uh, is a safety system. You know, the the purpose of the ABS brakes are so in the event of a hard stop, if it's wet out, if it's if there's ice on the road or a lot of sand, you don't skid. You know, it pulses those brakes to keep the car um, to help it stop it most efficiently. The traction system works just opposite. So if you're going to accelerate and the roads are wet or covered with snow and ice, you don't spin the tires. So you can grab the tires do a better job of grabbing to get you moving again. So they're not. You don't have to have those systems. But the concern in your situation is where you hit a bump and this happens. It's kind of unreliable. So if you're expecting the system to be there when you need to make a quick stop on a wet road and it doesn't work as it's designed, you end up in a bit of a in a tough spot there. So my opinion would be. Um, maybe just like the last caller, next time you're in for service, maybe mention that, have the person doing the work on your vehicle, take it for a test drive, see if they can experience it. Uh, maybe they have a little better insight and, a, and some advice on what to go from there. Okay, very good. Thanks, Barb. 651-989-9226. I know you guys at Lloyd's repair a lot of different cars, a lot of them. Uh, Texter says, have you heard of any issues with a 2016 Dodge Caravan transmission under slow acceleration around 50 with upshift, downshift. Uh, this particular vehicle has 26,000 miles on it. Did you get that question? Yeah, I, I, you know, the newer the cars are, the, you know, we do see a lot of cars. And something of that vintage, it's obviously under warranty. You know, it's a 2016, there's less than 36,000. Even the powertrain warranties are longer. Um, but if they're having a isolated situation with their vehicle, um, you know, they can look at some of the forms online. They can talk to their dealerships, if there's any service bulletins. Um, if there was enough of an issue, there would be a recall, obviously. Um, so I, I personally have not heard of any excessive issues with shifting up and down on a 16 okay. caravan. All right. Good. Hang on, Nick. We're going to take a bit of a break here. Uh, Nick will be with us for about another 15 minutes. So if you have a question, uh, call us or text us. Uh, we want to help you out the, this morning. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show uh, on this Saturday morning. Denny Long here with Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Nick, as usual, texters, callers as well. Let's see who has been waiting. Uh, Mark is calling from Plymouth with a question. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you. Hi, guys. I have a 2008 uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee uh, diesel engine. 
that I got stuck in the mud last weekend. I put it into four wheel low for the first time ever, and it worked terrifically. Uh, sadly, I can't now get it out of four wheel low. Nothing seems to work. It seems to be locked in four wheel low. If you check the owner's manual, there's going to be a little bit different of a procedure, most likely, versus regular four-wheel high. Uh, you might have to put it in neutral. You might have to go in reverse. There's, um, you know, because they don't want you accidentally going into four-wheel low. So it seems kind of silly, but do read the owner's manual. I suspect there's a different procedure to get it out. Okay. So back to the owner's manual. Which, you know, it's so funny. There's so many questions that can be answered yeah. in that book. I know it's really thick, and a lot of it's kind of boring, but there there's a few tricks in there that can be helpful. It's true. I've, I've done that very thing. You might try that, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Uh, texter wanted to know if, uh, if, if you've seen, uh, these are 2.5 Subaru engines consuming so much oil. Have you heard of that? I have not. Yeah, we, we, I guess uh, we do see some of those engines that have some issues with the cylinder head gaskets. Um, sometimes it might be an issue depending on the type of oil, oil change interval, that the rings might be getting gummed up, so you might be burning some oil. Um, you know, it um, if you follow a regular schedule on your services, if it is leaking either oil or coolant from those head gaskets, you might have a little bit bigger of a job on your hands there. But uh, unfortunately, it seems like we see cars consuming a little bit more oil than they used to. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It. Um, I'm not sure if it's a longer oil change intervals. I'm not sure if sometimes we as people maybe push it a little bit longer so some maybe. of that oil, oil burns off. Uh, depending where you're getting an oil change, are they really using a good quality oil, uh, a good quality filter? You know, sure. a, lot, a lot of those little questions that, uh, you know, you trust you trust your mechanic and say, are you using, the, you know, make sure you do ask them, are you using the best quality oil and filter for my car? Because our cars are a very expensive investment. We want to make sure that we're maintaining them properly. Texter says, then we'll go back to the phones, uh, 96 Ford Explorer, the passenger front seat does not go back, power seat. How do I take it apart to look for a possible loose wire? I, I doubt it's a loose wire. Most likely uh, those motors go forward and backward. Maybe there's a bad contact in the motor. Um, you can you know, look online or get go to uh, the library, get a, a manual there. Uh, there's probably four bolts that hold the seat down. Once you get those four bolts out, you could probably fold the whole seat back or get it out of the vehicle. Uh, careful because there is electrical connectors there. Mm. Make sure you don't break one of them and make a bigger problem for yourself. But if you get that seat folded back, it's a lot easier to see. So that's the my advice. Get get the book, follow the book, and okay. you'll have good luck. Corey is calling from Chisago with a question. Corey, you're on with Nick. Hi, Nick. I have a 2012 Buick Regal with HID lights, and it. I replaced the light bulb, and it still doesn't work. It kind of flashes right when I turn the lights on, but it won't light up. What could be wrong? So you, know, you have a bulb, an igniter, and a ballast. You know, if you can, you know, a lot of things, it seems like a little extra work, but if you can switch components side to side, so if the ballast comes off the back of the bulb and you can switch with the opposite side, driver to the passenger, and then the problem follows that part, an easy step to help prove what's wrong. As you know, those bulbs are very expensive. You don't want to be just buying them just to try them. Um, so maybe swap the bulb left to right, swap the ballast left to right. The other, the, or the igniter, the ballast might be a little more difficult to do. Um, careful because there's high voltage there. So if you're not comfortable doing that, you know, take it to your shop. Obviously, they should be able to handle that. But um, 
with the high voltage stuff, a lot of times it's easier just to swap them versus trying to test mm, them. Okay. Try that, Corey. Thank you. Uh, John is calling from Savage with a question. Go ahead, John. Oh, hi. This is John from Savage. Uh, thanks, Nick, for taking my call. I have a Ford Escape 2017 that does an auto shut and shut off and on when you come to a stop sign. The safe fuel. Is that hard on the car when you constantly are doing that? Um, you know, it, it, the starter gets used a lot more, obviously. Um, hard on the car, I don't know. Um, but, you know, cars, a car engine wants to be fired up and up to running temp, but they don't also don't like to sit and idle. You know, they have a certain power band that they're designed to be run at. So once the car's warmed up and lubricated, you're not creating any more wear. I know we always think when we start the vehicle that we're kind of wearing on stuff. You know, if a car's been sitting for a period of time, that might be true. There's a little more wear in the initial startup. But once the engine's warm, the oil's throughout the whole motor, it probably doesn't really hurt the motor very much. On the other hand, the starter uh, is being used a lot more. So there's probably a little more wear on that part. Um, but the cost savings on fuel economy, it's probably a win. And it's good for the, the atmosphere, too, because cars are also big polluters at idle. Mm-hmm. So to keep a car from running at idle lessens the amount of uh, – Emissions going to the atmosphere, so it's a good thing. All right. Very good. Thanks, John. Carl is calling from St. Paul, probably our last caller this morning. Hi, Carl. Hi. See, Nick, I have a question for you on gasoline. Uh, we have all these gasoline that they say they have invigorated them. Shell has got Z-Power. Sinclair's got Dino Power and all that stuff. Is there any set one gas gasoline, lean like holiday, uh, that's a better gasoline than another? And my other second question was uh, on uh, oil. So which is a, a good oil? I mean, outside of um, uh, the real good oil at Mobile One, if you have any other preference like uh, Crop Arctic or other types of oils, and I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, good questions there. You know, the, the fuel stuff, um, different Stations have different additive packages. There's scientists and chemists behind all of that. There's also marketers behind all that. So, um, you know, if your particular vehicle, like a call earlier, people talk about getting or a texter, better fuel economy one place or another. If you're having experiences like that yourself where you think your car seems to run a little bit better, starts up a little better, run with that. Um, you know, the uh, the state does a pretty good job of making sure what's going into our gas tanks is meets a certain standard, whether it's octane or some other issues. You know, my only advice is go to a a, a station that is busy so they have a lot of turnover in fuel. They don't want a lot of fuel sitting in those tanks because you don't want to end up with that sedative in your tank. So I don't necessarily have a preference. I get gas when I need gas. I, you know, I, I it doesn't make a difference where I go personally. On the oil question, um, similar answer, I guess. You know, the, the big oil companies are good marketers. they got great chemists. Um, I use Mobile One because I believe it's the best. That's my opinion. Um, there's people that will argue for Castrol or some of these other products out there, but there's a lot of marketing behind those items too. So a branded oil by a, a big company I think is really important, uh, a, a no-name label or a, an off-brand. Um, your car is a really expensive investment. Engine repairs for oil issues are really, really expensive. So spend the extra few dollars or cents, whatever it might be, Get good quality oil, get good quality fuel, and your car will really thank you for it. Yeah, indeed. Good questions. Texter says, when lowering the front windows, they initially seem to stick to the gaskets uh, in there, and, and there's a clunk sound. 
I'm afraid this will eventually affect the motor. Should we should we be cleaning those gaskets? And if so, how and with what? Absolutely. Um, a little concerned since there's already a clunk. You make it makes you think maybe that regulator is starting to come apart or it's twisted. Um, you know, a little silicone uh, in that in that uh, seal is not a bad idea. Rent a Q-tip or something. Don't stick a sharp object in there because that seal also keeps from wind noise and from water getting in your car. So don't damage it if possible. But cleaning it out is a good idea. A little silicone to keep them uh, keep that track clear and moving smoothly is a good idea. Another text says this, Nick, is there some type of float that determines the level of oil in a car? When my car's oil stick gets down to showing uh, half full, the car starts running the cooling fan even with the car turned off. Some cars do have an after-run fan that uh, helps cool the engine down because they don't want it, you know, any ex- additional damage or heat being created there because when you first shut it off, the temp goes up a little bit, so they, they do that to cool her down. Um, more and more new cars do have uh, oil-level sensors. Some cars don't even have oil dipsticks anymore. So as the world yeah, changes, and as if you're a little bit older, that frightens you because you're thinking, if I can't check it, it can't be there, right? But they do work. Um, there, there are plenty of warning and safety features designed into them. So if there's a problem with the sensor, the car will let you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but true. And it's good, too, that the cars are doing a better job of keeping an eye on the oil level for us. There's a texter that says this, uh, Nick, at a 28 uh, Volkswagen. What type and grade of fuel to use? Also, how to know when to replace the timing belt? Is that another go back to the manual uh, thing? The, the manufacturer will absolutely tell you to use the octane that they like. Um, I will tell you, sometimes people will ask us, can I use a lesser octane? If your car runs fine with the lesser octane, by all means, you can do that. Um, the timing belt is definitely designed based on an interval. A lot of them are, you know, 90, 100, 105, 120,000 miles. A lot of vehicles have an interference engine, meaning in the event of a failure of that belt, it will damage the engine. So that's a very important service interval that you should not skip and should not delay on. This is not a question, but as we leave you, this uh, texter uh, is, is just a point of information. A texter, he or she says, I've also heard modern low piston ring tension equals higher gas mileage equals more oil consumption. That is one of the issues, direct injection. There's a lot of things happening with the crankcase systems that very good technology. They're still refining them. Hopefully we'll get oil consumption under control. How do we find you guys at Lloyd's? 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Our phone number is 651-228-1316. And it's lloydsautomotive.net. Excellent. Have a good day. See you next week. Or Dan will be back probably Dan next week. Dan will be back. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot, Nick, for Thank your you. help. Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.